Türkei. This is Love in the Air. And my name is Johannes Rompanen. This is a podcast where I sit down with people and talk about love. This is the third episode of 10 episodes recorded in New York in February 2018. So this was something different. Uh, I saw this video on Facebook. I think it was Facebook. Where this cuddling service was presented. I felt curious and, and wanted to hear more about this. I contacted the founders. And they put me together with Ella from New York. So here. We meet at her apartment in Washington Heights. And I ask about what this cuddling service really is about. And of course about Ella's thoughts on love and relationships. Here's our talk. So when did you start? Start the... You started with the cuddling here in... Cuddling service here in in New York when you came came here? Yeah. Yeah, so about a year ago. And you had heard about it you a said few you had, years ago. Yeah. Um, but did you did you contact them at, at that, that point, like that no, you were interested? Or? No, because I was in Virginia. I was, you know, I was happy with the with my um, teaching job there. Yeah. Um, it was just out of curiosity. I was like, oh, this is something <laughs> that I would actually like to do. Yeah. Um, what was it that you find interesting in the? In the, in the job? Um, well, I think when I first heard about it, I um, I felt first that I would be good at it. Yeah. But then also I liked this idea of getting to know someone in a more intimate space. Um, and um, not just providing a service which is touch, but uh, that, it, that it's touch-based, but also um, talking, listening, you know, hearing stories, learning, you know, about them. Thanks. Um, could you tell me a bit about your about your background? Uh, you said you work as a uh, you're a, uh, a teacher. Yeah. So. Uh, Primarily, I'm, I'm a visual artist. Mm. Um, I was born in Brazil. Um, I've been back and forth between Brazil and the U.S. since I was 11. I came here mostly to study. Um, and then I moved to New York um, to do my MFA mm. and, and stayed, uh, started teaching, uh, taught for 13 years. And um, so this is... Uh, the cuddling job is something fairly new. I've been doing it for about a year. Yeah. And you said uh, you you were coming. You wanted a break from from the. You work work as a, as an art teacher, and, and you wanted a break from from that work, and then you found found cuddling. And now you said you're you're full time. Yes, I actually started cuddling. Um, while I was still teaching. So I was doing it part-time, you know, whenever I had time after school or during the weekends. But I loved it so much and it was going so well. Um, And my my last teaching job was was actually not going so well. So um, I finished the school year and I decided 
that I was going to take a year off, kind of a, a self-sabbatical. Um, and I was going to reevaluate in a year if I, if I wanted to go back to teaching mm -hmm. or not. So now I am doing cuddling full time. And then I guess you also have your artistic practice. You, you work on your... Yes, and that also gives me the flexibility yeah. um, and time to, to do my own artwork. Mm. You work from home? With yes, the, uh, I work from home. From home, my work is very small inside, so I don't need a, a huge amount of space. Yeah. So I can I can just work from home. Yeah. How is it with the the cuddling services? Is it typically the people come here, or do they you go to their homes, or the majority of people they want to come here? Yeah. Um, Rarely ever do I have an out call. Usually, if a traveler is, is you know, passing by mm. uh, New York and has a hotel in Midtown, you know, they they might want me to come to them. But most people want to come here. What is it you find like interesting with doing this this job? Um, I think through this job, I've been learning a lot, not just about others, but about myself as well. Um, it's very interesting because it's unlike anything else. When you have, um, when you have relationships with other people, when you have romantic relationships, when you have friendships, um, you you always look at someone in relation to yourself, right? Mm -hmm. You're seeing others, but through through um, your wants and needs, and not just. Um, you're not just seeing them for who they are a lot of times. Um, so we have all kinds of expectations that we bring um, into our relationships. And that you know completely changes the way you see people. Now with this work, um, it, which is a very intimate work, um, I can um, I can have all these connections with people that I wouldn't otherwise have met. Um, that I wouldn't necessarily be friends with or have relationships with. I can see them and accept them exactly for the way, the, the way they are, right? They come, they come to me and I am not judgmental, I'm not critical, um, I accept them completely um, and they feel very much at home with me. They feel like they can, they can open up, they can um, many times tell me things that they, they've never, you know, had the opportunity to tell anyone else or they, they couldn't tell anyone else. Um, and I get to know them in a more in-depth way, in a, in a more intimate space where they are fully accepted. <laughs> New York. <laughs> uh... Are there some kind of, what are the demands of, of becoming a cuddlist? Like, are there some requirements or how, what is kind of the, the screening process of, of, of seeing that kind of... So, um, with the, uh, the place I work through Cuddlist, yeah. cuddlist.com. So there, um, there, there are other... There are other cuddling services. They're very, very different. Yeah. They're, they're not at all the same. Um, the one that I work for is the only one where they require us to be certified. Mm. They offer training. 
So, you know, when you want to become a catalyst, you're going to go through the training first. It's mm. an online training course. Um, once you finish with that, there are a few other steps. You, you have to attend the cuddle party. You, um, you get evaluated by another catalyst and you have a, a Skype interview with one of the founders. Um, so once all that is done... So and then they, the founders kind of, they, they really know everybody. Yes, the, yes. And we are a tight community. Yeah. We, um, we all have contact with each other. We have, it's a very supportive group. Um, if, if we need any kind of, of help, if we need advice, you know, we, we have not only the founders that we can count on, but we have the other cuddlers from all over the country. Um, so it, it, it's really like very, very different than other cuddling service, which are just uh, work a little bit like Craigslist, mm. you know, like anyone can yeah. can be there and there is no adjustment in the okay. microphones. A lot of extra sound. Yeah. yeah. Um, so this is why I chose, I mean, this, this yeah. was part of the reason why I didn't just want to work as a catalyst. I wanted to work through this organization that's very supportive and very serious about the work that they do. Yeah, that sounds really important. <laughs> mm, tell me about the, you said you, you attended a, a, a cuddling party and you really, you said, you said it was a really nice experience and, and kind of, it also gave you like clear signals, okay, this is what I want to do. Can you tell me about how, what is a cuddling party? So a cuddling party, it's, it's, um, it's also um, uh, one of the founders, uh, there are two founders, um, Adam and Madeline. Madeline's in Chicago, Adam is here, and Adam conducts the cuddle parties in New York. Um, so some are, are, are uh, co-ed and some are, are just for, for, for men or, or, or just for women. Um, usually, I would say maybe about 30 people show up. Um, we spend, it's, it's long, it's about three hours long. The first half hour, um, Adam talks about the rules of the cuddle, the cuddle party. And, uh, and we do some, some exercises that have to do with consent. Mm. Um, so, so, so you learn the expectations of what you should and shouldn't do in a cuddle party. And then you have the, the rest of the time can you tell to me do about what the, you want. Can you tell me about the rules? Like, what, what, are, what is that? Um, you always ask permission to mm. touch people. Um, and so everything, I mean, this is really, the cuddle party is really a workshop on consent, mm. right? Um, you learn to accept a, a no from someone and not to be offended and not, you know, have a problem with that, not to question someone else's no. Mm. Um, if you're ambivalent, you're going to say no. You're not going to feel pressured to do anything you don't want to do. You're only going to cuddle with people that you want to cuddle. And, and they're going to be very respectful of, of your space, of your body, of your, you know, um, of your boundaries. And, um, and you don't have to do anything that you don't, you know, you don't want. I mean, you, you can just talk in a cuddle party. You, mm. you don't have to cuddle with anyone. Everyone's wearing clothes. Um, you know, we have, um, it's, you know, it's completely a, a, a platonic experience. You know, no one's going to, to do anything 
um, sexual or inappropriate. No, that sounds beautiful. <laughs> and I think the first, I mean, I've been to many, many cuddle parties, yeah. but the first one was a, a, a very special one for me because um, I, um, I, I had this beautiful experience with another person where um, during the entire time that I cuddled, we, we actually didn't talk. So I had no idea who this person was. I wasn't, I wasn't so much um, uh, worried about the narrative of who this person was, which is kind of unlike me. In my, in my, in my life, you know, mm. I'm always kind of enchanted by people's narratives. Um, so during, you know, while cuddling with this person, I really felt them energetically in a way that I had not felt other people, or that I had not been as aware of my, of my intuition, of my energy. Um, and this exchange of energy was just absolutely beautiful and powerful. So it left me, you know, it, it, it completely changed the way I looked at other people. Um, and yet, you know, I, I didn't even remember the person's name, <laughs> much less, you know, I knew absolutely nothing about them. So um, it had such an impact that after I came home, I was like, okay, now I'm going to sign up for the course mm. and this is what I want to do. When was this? This was about a year ago. Yeah, yeah. And, and how, how long did you say you've been now uh, like working full time? Um, I would say I've been working I've been working full time since um, the end of June. Yeah. What would you say about the client base? Is it is it male or female or? Mostly male. Yeah. Uh, for some reason, we we don't get as many women. Mm. Um, I would love to have women clients. Right now, I only have one. Um, so it's it's mostly uh, men between the ages of I would say. 40 and 50. Mm. Um, even though I have clients who are younger, I have clients in their 20s, I have clients who are, you know, as old as like 75. Um, but the majority are kind of in between 40s and 50s. Um, I'm thinking like also, what do you think about like, what does this, does this say something about our, our times that, that People don't have. They don't. They don't have this in their lives. Like they don't have the intimacy. They don't have the connection. They're lacking the connection. That there is a, a need for a service like this. Because um, that, that's something I thought about. Like mm -hmm. like. Like kind of like who are. What what is the situations of people, who. Who use this service and and kind of what kind of gaps are they feeling and kind of interesting also like in that is there some kind of what is kind of the, the, the narrative in a kind of a larger scale you think about the society we live in and, and how there is like people, people there's a lot of loneliness and, and and is this kind of service also kind of coming from these Mm -hmm. needs like mm -hmm. how how long uh, of course there have been like 
always got been longing for for connection. That's that's nothing nothing new. <laughs> but I, um, especially having come from yeah. another culture, from another country, I see that there is very much a need for the service in a place like New York yeah. and in America. Um, like. If, you if you I, was from you were from, I'm Re from Brazil. Re Brazil yeah. Yes, I was thinking. You know, in Brazil, maybe maybe the service would not be needed. Yeah. We we um, we touch each other much more often. Yeah. Uh, we don't have so much of a problem of personal space. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, uh, we have much more intimate connection with others. People are less guarded. Um, and in a place like New York, you're surrounded by people, yet you feel disconnected. Yeah. You can go on for for weeks, months, sometimes years, without having anyone touch you. Um, what surprised me the most was that a lot of my clients are married. I, I would not have expected that at, at first. I thought, oh, you know, there are so many single people in yeah. the city, and you know, I completely understand them not having touch. Uh, but. The, the reality is that a lot of married people are also not getting any touch, have no intimacy at home, have you know, issues with communication in their relationships, and um, are really not getting their needs met. Mm. Right? So people feel isolated, they feel, you know, they, they, they feel depressed, they have anxiety, um, and it causes a, a, a whole series of problems. Um, and before cuddling, I think a lot of people were just resorting to getting a massage. Mm. But it's not the same thing, you know. A massage, I mean, if you have sore muscles, great, you know, go get a massage. But mm. if you need touch, yeah. there would be something lacking there. It's mm. a, it's, it's a uh, kind of a one-sided, you know, activity. Um, so there's, I mean, I'm seeing much, much more now. That there's definitely a need a need for this service. Have you ever worked with couples? Like, does it is? But it's, it's it's just. I was just thinking like this could also be like a really nice thing to, in a way to, to getting, kind of, develop the connection, in the in the marriage. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, well, I I haven't. Um, even though I think. Um, I mean, I would, I would absolutely be open mm. to it, and I, I've heard other cuddlers have had requests from couples. Um, the reality for me is that most of the people who come to see me who are married, they're not exactly telling their partners. Mm, you exactly. know, they're somewhat yeah. ashamed that, yeah. they, that they want or they need this service. Mm. So what we do, we, what I do with them is I try to work on strategies for them to bring back intimacy into their relationship yeah. and to improve communication within their relationship. So they, they uh, learn some things from me and they go and they try to apply it at home, yeah. you know, even though their partners are not really aware of yeah. Yeah, what yeah. they're doing. How do you see URL? Is already you already said it that it's you're you're there to support and and kind of you kind of see their they come to you with their struggles and their is it typically that do you see do you see an arc like with your clients that that okay we work now for for six months and we meet I don't know once a week or every second week what is typical for for your clients do you have like how is it 
do you have like this kind of regular plans or is it like Take, take contact it, whenever it, it happens feels. in a more organic way. Yeah. So, so we don't make it, make a long term plan yeah. usually, um, like you would maybe if you were seeing a therapist. Exactly. Um, is this also something that's really like articulated that this isn't therapy? Like, do you have a ther- therapist training? We we don't have a therapist training, but um, I mean a lot of the work that we do is not unlike a therapist yeah. uh, because we're you know we, we are talking we're asking important questions mm. we are working through different issues but each person comes with a different you know wanting something slightly different mm. um, I have clients who come and um, where this space is a little bit like an escape mm. they don't necessarily want to uh, change their situations. You know, they, they might just want a time for themselves, a time to, to escape their reality. Others, they come and they really want to work in their relationships. They want to improve things at home. They want to find strategies to, you know, mm. to improve things within their relationships. Others, um, they come and they feel empowered to actually leave their relationships. Mm. No, they've been wanting for a long time to maybe get a divorce, to start the process, but didn't feel confident, didn't have any kind of support, do not have supportive families, they can't tell other people. Um, so once they they feel an opening here where um, they feel the support that they need, they're able to take a step forward and they're able to, you know, begin like a, a divorce process. Mm. Um, is it something that's really, uh, I'm thinking about your responsibility when you kind of engage in these connections? Um, is it something also like like when the first time you meet somebody, like are you setting kind of the rules and expectations and kind of scanning each other like, like how, how does it kind of work? Like if I would come the first time, like what would it be like? like so even before you come, yeah. you, um, you, you have to, we have a code of conduct. Mm. You have to read and agree to our code of conduct. We're, we're going to have a, a screening process before you even get here. So we can make sure that we're on the same page and that you understand that this is a platonic, you know, touch therapy. Uh, it's a consensual uh, platonic service. It, it is not a dating service. It's not a sexual service. Um, so we, we have to make sure that, 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 that you, know, you completely understand what this is and what it isn't. Exactly. Um, now, once you come, we, we still talk about those things. We yeah. still remind our clients uh, because it's very easy to get emotionally involved. It's very easy sometimes to confuse things. Yeah. Um, so we, we try to be very consistent uh, with our, with our uh, uh, rules and with, with this code of conduct. I saw the I saw a video that's how kind of I, I got interested in this on, on, on Facebook and then there there was one uh, a cardist he was talking about it and, and his experience and and talked about also that that sometimes you kind of have have the sexual energy kind of rising and then it's it's about kind of maybe being aware of that and, and kind of Acknowledging that and, and also just letting 
letting it be and having it staying there in a way. Mm-hmm. Is it have you had experience where where your client get aroused and and they kind of would would like to make things further even though you have agree, agreements and like it kind of there is this kind of sexual tension. Mm-hmm. Is it is it something? Yes, it's a very very common scenario. Mm. It's actually the most common question we have yeah. from clients before they even come. They're a little bit, um, you know, they want to know. Well, what if this happens? What yeah. if um, you know I get aroused? Um, and w- we all deal with with the same thing. This is a natural physiological uh, reaction. Yeah, it is completely fine. What we do is we just ask them not to act on it. Exactly. And we try to change positions. We try to do things to kind of minimize that energy, uh, the sexual energy. But it, it is completely normal. Mm. Yeah, and as you said, like understanding that this is, as, as you said, it's, it's completely normal, and this is, this will probably happen, and like <laughs> this is how we do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in you know, on occasion, I mean, if if we have someone that when this happens, you know, they. They they want to push the boundaries. They want more. Then we, we might see that it's it's maybe it's not a good fit. Exactly. And and they might be better off, you know, looking for another kind of service. Yeah. Um, when I contacted you, you said when I talked about this general topic of of love, um, that it's something also you themes you work with in in your artistic work. Mm-hmm. Could you tell me a bit about about that? And uh, in my own personal work um, as an artist, I think I've always been drawn to uh, themes that relate to uh, love and relationships, to um, you know, uh, feminine identity, mm. uh, the roles that we play, the expectations that we have within a relationship, um, and. All the experiences that I've had in, in, in love and relationships, they all um, end up somewhere in my work. Um, so the work is almost like a, a, a travelogue of my, yeah. my romantic experiences. Can you tell me more about your work? Like, uh, you saw, I, saw, I saw this the beautiful mixed media and you had some, some photos, photos here in the lobby. How long? How long have you been, been? I mean, it's it's your profession. Have you made a living out of your own artwork? But is it kind of the teaching that's been kind of the? Well, well the teaching is what has always supported yeah, me. Yeah. Um, but I've been I've been doing um, art forever. Yeah, for exactly. As long as I can remember. Yeah. Um, and the mixed media work, I usually, um, I mean, I go through phases, mm. and um, and there are different different series will look a little bit differently. Um, but the, the the series that you saw, um, it's uh, all works on paper, and I mix photography, drawing, painting, printmaking, collage. Um, I I begin with taking self portraiture, uh, so pictures of myself as different characters. Um, usually dressed in vintage costumes. So I, I play roles to tell a story. And the stories, even though they, they are, uh, they appear to be fictional stories, they're really, it's really like a diary. They, yeah. they are, you know, uh, a part of my, my, my real life. You said kind of every, kind of every, 
every romantic relationship ends up in your art. <laughs> is it? Is it? Uh, have you ever got feedback from some of your partners that, like, that it, is it? How 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 clear is it? Kind of the stories, or is it really like it goes goes so deep on a personal level that it's nothing that maybe the somebody kind of who the story is about doesn't necessarily see themselves in in your work, or is it? Have, have you ever had this kind of discussion? Um, well, I can think of a specific example of yeah. this very, very long love affair that you know um, that took place over a, a, a ten-year period uh, of time, and um, it was the subject of a lot of my artwork. Um, and and he, he was definitely very much aware of you know of the stories I was telling. Um, and a lot of it started from letters that we used to exchange. Mm. So I used to write these uh, illustrated love letters to him, and um, and eventually they became the artwork. So it was. Beautiful. I mean, for, for both of us, it was very clear of what yeah, it yeah. was. <laughs> and and that's that's like, I mean, when you're if you're dating an artist, that's like that's just <laughs> that's just how it goes. <laughs> you can't you can't really help it. Mm. One question that I ask ask everybody always when doing the talks is what what is love, <laughs> and so when you hear this, the the word, what 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 kind of comes comes to your mind? When I think of love, I think of um, a deep sense of belonging, mm. of an unconditional acceptance. Um, and a connection with everything, a connection with the uh, with the universe, um, and through this, you know, sense of belonging and this connection, a a kind of joy that is um, that I don't know you 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 wouldn't feel otherwise. Um, I think that's. That's the way I would describe yeah, love. Yeah, yeah, I also think about love as kind of the source of life. It's it's kind of this this energy that that you kind of dip into and and, and it's like what are the moments like when, when you experience this? It's kind of blissful. <laughs> that that. What comes to your mind? Like because it's it's of course nothing that that is. I feel it can't be. Or there are like d different like levels. It. Like having having kind of that that like, maximum. Like the the the. the the notion when you kind of kind of in the light and you kind of just love everything and, and you're really kind of surrounded by love, those are kind of like I feel like these kind of small, small glimpses that come. Come every now and then, uh, but there is like this undercurrent of I'm I'm thinking a lot about like how I feel like love also guides my actions and, mm -hmm. and, and 
how I feel. I want to be kind of attuned to, to the flow. Mm. Because I, I think also about the cuddlist work, I, I think it's, there is some kind of, it's an act, act of love, <laughs> of, mm -hmm. of, of being present and being available and, and First, I was uh, I wasn't really sure what to think about it, but now, especially when, like, like talking to you and, and hearing more in depth about it, it feels like it feels it feels really beautiful. It sounds beautiful. And, and how is it typical? I was thinking about the clients. Uh, so you don't necessarily like you meet meet someone. Do you kind of you said you don't make long-term long plans. Uh, do you have some clients that you meet regularly? Like, do you have some that you meet? Yes, I do have. I I, I have some clients that are sporadic clients, and yeah. they you know they, they come once in a while. And yeah. I definitely have regular clients who come usually once a week yeah. or once every two weeks. Yeah. And those I I mean I I, I love all my clients, but. It's very interesting to really get to know someone over time yeah. and to get to know someone on a more in-depth uh, level. Um, and I feel, I feel a lot of compassion for, for my clients. I think that that's one thing that uh, maybe all cuddlists have to have. Mm. They, they have to have empathy, they have to have compassion, or, or you would not be able to do this work. Uh, um, I was thinking also about um, responsibility, like if, if you feel, if you see that the client really is in the need of therapy mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and is it something you then say that, okay, that I see that I'm, I'm kind of, my expertise are limited, I can be here, we can talk, we can cuddle, but I, I feel that, that here are some, some deep issues that you maybe would benefit from, from, from a therapist. Mm -hmm. has, has this ever occurred or yes definitely um, I've, I've suggested um, yeah. to different clients that they see individual therapists or they they, they, they start going to couples therapy mm -hmm. um, in other cases where um, for example I, I went to help someone that was um, initially having a, um, a a panic attack but then mm -hmm. I realized it was really the beginning of a um, of a possible psychosis, um, where it's really not within my you know uh, um, I, I don't have the expertise to to, exactly. to to deal with that. So I did help um, her find someone, yeah. uh, find a, a, a holistic practitioner that could help her um, you know deal with the you know, the anxiety and the, in the uh, so she wouldn't go into a state of, yeah. of, of psychosis, actually. I had some thought, thought uh, I lost it. Mm. You did ask me before about, and, and I don't think I answered that, um, 
how is it to be within this feeling of, of love mm. or, or, or something like that you had asked? Um, and, and then something to me uh, came to mind, which is um, I think when you are in this state, when you are in love, um, w one of the wonderful things is that we, we often, we are our best selves. We feel like we, we have an obligation to be the best, uh, the best versions of ourselves. Um, and it puts you in a different space of, of, of being more kind, of being more generous, of, of being more present. Um, and that, uh, that I find very wonderful. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I, I was thinking about, um, about shame. Uh, because that's, that's what I noticed when I was now kind of exploring the topic of, of, of love. Um, that I kind of, first I was thinking a lot about fear. Like when I was thinking about loveful actions, then I, I, I was kind of coming to fear and I'm noticing that, that sometimes um, the fear prevents me to to do lawful actions, <laughs> the fear of, of what might other people think, the fear of am I enough? Um, and then when I started exploring these fears of mine uh, and kind of going deeper into them, I came across um, uh, what was the word I was saying? I, uh, I'm really clearly tired. I'm losing my words. <laughs> um, I know the word in Finnish and Swedish. Shame. shame. I was talking about shame. Mm. So, so then shame kind of, I got in contact with, with my shame. And that's maybe something I, I'm exploring now also at the moment, like in, in, my, in my life, I'm interested in, in like exploring this emotion. And, and I'm interested also in the, in the connection with, with love that, that like, I don't have any clear answers. But I was thinking when, when you said that a lot of, a lot of your clients, they, they work with shame mm -hmm. and, 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 and shame is a clear. They, they don't have the strength to to work on these topics in their relationships, and and they are ashamed of not having enough mm, connection. Yeah, I think um, shame and fear they come up in different in different scenarios, yeah. and and it, it it is a theme that comes up very often. Um, we have, um, I have a lot of clients who are, you know, the, the afraid of asking for what they really want yes. within their relationships, yeah. um, as well as their partners. Mm. Um, so they don't want to address a lot of difficult topics. They don't want to have more in-depth conversations. They don't really want to tell the other what they really want, what they miss, what they crave. 
um, and there's this unspoken expectation that the other should they should guess you know mm. like you've been living with them for 30 years they should know what you want but it doesn't work that way um, and then we have the shame of needing affection mm. of needing touch of of needing intimacy um, and, and especially for men I think um, they I mean this is part of the reason why they, they usually don't tell other people that they're coming to see me um, uh, there's definitely, you know, uh, shame associated with that. Um, also, shame of being vulnerable. Hmm. I mean, vulnerab vulnerability is, is also another very big topic in this. Uh, I'll give you an example. I had a client once. Um, I knew nothing about him. He was this young, good-looking guy with a good job. Um, was was not currently in a relationship but i really I, I knew very little about him he came and he actually came because uh, uh, the week prior he had had an experience in one of those immersion tanks the flotation the tanks yeah, 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 yeah. um where through this experience of being you know in this tank he realized how his uh, mother's uh, lack of affection and abandonment had changed him on a cellular level. And wow. he thought <laughs> he had overcome this, you know, he was successful, he was, you know, he, he had a pretty good life, he thought he had overcome this. And within the immersion tank, he realized, no, absolutely, it's still there. Yeah. All that, you know, the hurt is still very much mm. in his body. So as he was telling a friend about his experience, the friend suggested he come to have a cuddling session. So he came and as soon as I embraced him, he cried mm. for the next two hours. And, and it was a very powerful experience. Yeah. Um, and I was thinking, you know, where, where else can you do that? You, mm. <laughs> you know, you, you can't do that with a friend, mm. you know? You, if you're starting to date someone, you usually you can't do that either. It's going to scare someone off. Mm -hmm. um, so it was wonderful that he felt safe enough that he could just let it go and just you know cry and, and release all that energy, um, and and he felt better afterwards. Mm. Did he come again, or was it like he didn't? Yeah. No. How much do you feel you need to know about your client? You said there was a screening before? Is there some questionnaire? Some yes, I mean, the, the screening is not so much uh, to know what their uh, life situation is. Yeah. I mean, that is completely up to them to tell me if they're comfortable or not. You know, yeah. some people, they, they really like to talk and they, they want to tell me stories and others, they don't. Yeah. That's totally fine. The screening is more to see if they understand the expectations of the work. Exactly. Yeah. And they're willing to follow the, the guidelines. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm very curious about, yeah. about their lives, but um, I don't, you know, I don't, I allow them yeah. to to decide if if they want to share certain things with me or if they don't. And I'm completely fine if they don't feel like they want to share more about their personal yeah. lives. So it's kind of 
that's kind of your professionalism of, of, of also mm -hmm. being the one who... Because it's kind of your responsibility also with the boundaries to, to be a little clear that this is, this is a safe space and you can come as you are and, and, and share completely as much as you want and, and, and I will be here for you <laughs> mm -hmm. this, this time we agreed on. And sometimes it takes a lot of time. Like I have, I have mm. for example, a regular client of mine who I've been seeing for maybe eight or nine months now. And um, only recently he was able to tell me things that were more honest and mm. more about his relationship, for example. Um, where, you know, before he was completely content in just, you know, talking about mostly trivial things. Um, so it took this long for him to feel comfortable enough yeah. to be able to really open up and be more honest. It's really interesting. How do you see your own cultural background coming from Brazil and having like, a, let's say, a, 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 another cultural kind of reference to, to touch? Um, is it something that is it something that also kind of made you drawn to this kind of work, or is it like the the thing that has some some connection? <laughs> yes, I definitely think it, it has a connection. First, I think I feel very comfortable with Dutch, yeah, and and, and have always felt that way. I I come from a, a very affectionate family. Mm. Um, where touch was just a natural part of our interactions. So, um, yes, if, if you, you know, if you, as a cuddlist, you, you really should feel very comfortable with, with touch. I mean, that, that's an understatement, but uh, you would be surprised. You know, some people, I think, if you, if, you, if you have had a lot of personal trauma, if you, you know, if you have issues with boundaries, if you have a problem saying no, mm. um, if, you, uh, if you have a complicated relationship with touch, you know, maybe this is not the work for you. Yeah, yeah. Have you had colleagues that, that kind of came into it and then I understood that actually I can't, this isn't the work for me. Have you had this, this kind of stories? Um, yeah, I mean, I have not known anyone personally, yeah, yeah. but I, yes, I have definitely heard of mm. people who came into this with all the good, you know, all the best intentions, exactly. yeah. uh, but they were just simply not right. Yeah. If, if their needs, if they need uh, if they're, they're in this for the wrong reasons, if they need touch more than their clients, if they're trying to, you know... Exactly, yeah. I mean, the clients will notice that. They yeah. will notice that the, yeah. the, the cuddlist is more needy than they are. Um, so sometimes you just have to work through your things yeah. first yeah. before you can offer others help. Mm. And usually it is a decision that is um, either made I mean, the person comes to this realization yeah. that um, maybe they're not ready for this kind of work. Mm. Um, because you have to be very present. You have to be, you know, emotionally available to others. Yeah. Um, and sometimes it is, you know, the, the, the founders, they might see that there is a conflict or there is a problem. Um, and then they will, you know, they will ask you to, 
to, to leave. Good. I'm thinking it's my time to leave. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you do you have do you have something you still would like to say or or, or ask? Um. anything I would like to ask I just um, I'm just you know very grateful for for this job and this opportunity to get to know uh, so many people but also to see how important communication is within relationships yeah. and and how important it is to really ask for what you want mm. to be clear about your desires to 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 be more in touch with yourself um, and kind of, and uh, I think a lot about allowing oneself to have desires. <laughs> yes. And, and and like being honest about them. Mm-hmm. And to to just not not settle for mediocre relationships yeah. and lack of communication, lack of affection, lack of intimacy. Yeah. Um, because we we all we all deserve that. Mm. It's beautiful. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And I also want to thank you, listeners. Thanks for being with me. And I say thank you to Yuri Pirinen. He's been helping me with the sound work. Hope you have a nice summer. See you again in two weeks. Bye-bye.